When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This shit got content claimed for having a shitty named song. So fuck LCDC and fuck you. It is Thursday, you know what that means. It's episode 68 of the most elite show on the Rundown Wrestling Network. This is the AEW Rundown. My name is Adam, I'm your host, Salas here. What's up, buddy? Hello, Adam. Hello, Internet. My name is Sal. I am your co-host, and this is the show where we talk about AEW. How are you doing tonight, sir? W. You always say that like Paul Heyman. Yes, yeah, I, get a very, I purposely I get a say it like Paul, Paul Heyman vibe. No, it's 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 completely <laughs> stolen from him when he was uh, when he used to talk about ECW. W. Huh. How you doing, I'm buddy? Right. I'm all right. All right, all right. I'm all right. We are as uh, you mentioned. We are streaming live to the world at twitch.tv slash the Effect. Come hang out. Um, Astro's in the chat with us. No holding yet. Uh, Cuckoo was here earlier, but, uh, he's disappeared. But, um, for anybody not in, uh, well, I guess it was, it, it traveled, but, uh, we got, uh, we got shat upon by the snow beast again this week. Uh, and the most fun part was that, um, my dad gave us his, uh, his snowblower when he moved because he moved into an apartment. So we didn't need a snowblower, and uh, he took it into the shop because it was because it was wasn't working. Like the the shear pin on the auger was broken, so the auger wasn't turning. And they brought it back on Monday, and it snowed Monday into Tuesday. And I went to use it on Tuesday morning, and just <laughs> snowblow the fucking driveway, and the auger still wouldn't turn. The shop gave it a gave it a full tune up. But didn't fix the one thing it was taken in there for. Oh my god! So it went back yesterday. I think it's back. So Here. did you have to do that by hand? Oh, I shoveled the damn driveway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and I the did... most the most fun thing is we live on on a corner, mm-hmm. and the way the way our the way our uh, neighborhood is, you got the main road, and then it's just like a little U shaped street basically basically and we're on the outside of one of the corners of the u so when the plow comes by the plow just goes and just doesn't actually clear like the end the, the the corner of the corner it just goes around the corner and does its fucking thing so i have to shovel my driveway and a good like three feet into the street <laughs> so i shoveled on tuesday and i actually Technically, I shoveled on Monday night, Tuesday midday, and then Tuesday night <laughs> um, because I How had to look? work. So my snowblower is sitting in the garage. It doesn't work. It hasn't worked in a year. Every time we get a fix, it lasts like one snowstorm and then it breaks again. It's from like 1984, so, you know, probably it's time to get a new snowblower. But anyway... <laughs> Um, I did it by hand, but I kind of got lucky, kind of not, because instead of getting 17 inches of snow that 
two towns over from us got. Um, it rained, and I got seven inches of snow that was extremely heavy. <laughs> but I did, I did like a portion of it the night before, so it wasn't as heavy as I guess it would have been. But it still fucking sucked, and my back hurt. Yeah, yeah. We got, uh, we got probably about a foot, give or take. And it wasn't, it wasn't as fluffy as it was the last time, but it wasn't fucking mud. So there was a guy who who lived up the street whose brother used to come around with a plow. And he used yep. to go around and be like, you know, 50 bucks, I'll plow your driveway. Sure, fuck. I'll do the sidewalk and the stairs, right? I wish it was Mr. Plow. Um, but I haven't seen oh, that guy in a while. Thing. And the landscapers offered to uh, take care of our, our snow removal. And they tried charging my father-in-law 350 bucks. <laughs> and he was like, get the fuck. You know Tony. He <laughs> He literally said to them, Get the fuck out of here. I'm not paying you $350. <laughs> For him to be like that, yeah, you know that they were trying to fucking scam him. And he was like, no, I'm not fucking paying you 350 So they, like, talked to their boss, and they were like, okay, 180 Really? <laughs> so I was like, that's the last time you pay them, because we're not doing that <laughs> shit again. Yeah, so... Yeah, the kid had a snow day, so he had a blast, too. Oh, yeah, my daughter's outside playing in the snow, too. Making he, snow he, angels, throwing snowballs at me while I shoveled. He he helped me shovel for about six minutes. <laughs> and then and then decided that the that the best thing to do at that point would be to, to, to start the shovel into the pile of snow and then dramatically collapse into a heap over and over and over again. You know what? This is classic. Um, so my daughter's like, my middle daughter, Cambria, she's like, I want to go outside. I want to go outside and play. Da, 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 da. Please, please, please. So sure, come out there with me when I, when I shovel. And bless her heart, she cleaned off my car for me while I was shoveling. So at least it was that. But after that, nice. she played for about five minutes, and then she goes, it's cold, and I'm hungry. I'm going inside. And I'm like, I could have told you it was going okay. to be cold, <laughs> and I'm not surprised you're hungry. <laughs> I had to explain to my child why he needed to get dressed to go play in the snow. I'm like, you're still wearing pajamas. You're not going outside in pajamas. <laughs> And then he tried to come down with like a long sleeve button down shirt that he had. I'm like, no, no, uh, uh-uh, no. Long sleeve is good, but find like a long sleeve t-shirt or something. Need a button down shirt to go out. There is a stuff. portion of me. If he was a little bit older, I'd be, I would be like, yeah, go ahead, go out there in your pajamas. See how long you last. Right. <laughs> I mean, of course, he's, you know, he still had the the snow pants and the coat and the scarf and the mittens and the hat, but. I'm like, no, I said get dressed. Because this is what he does. Because when, when he's on remote schooling, like Mondays and, tu- Mondays and Tuesdays, or when he had full week remote schooling before they started going back half and half, he would he would just do remote schooling in his pajamas. Yep. Same like, as my daughter. Come on. Oh. Effort. Oh. Put some effort into it. Dude, my daughter was wearing her pajamas. My, my littlest daughter, Aria, she was wearing her pajamas. 
when I came home from work on Saturday night. And I go, she's like, hi, Daddy. And I go, you were wearing that this morning. And she goes, I changed. And then I changed back into my pajamas. Hello, it's nighttime. And I go, no, you didn't. No, you did not. Yeah. Astro understands because Astro watches my, my gaming streams, too, when he comes down after school is done. <laughs> she says, your child is kind of an attention whore. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Speaking of attention whores, I have Jericho? a... Well, he's he's definitely an attention whore. Sorry, um, I thought you were trying to segue into our actual topic. Well, before we get to our actual topic, <laughs> we do have a little bit of business to take care of. We put up a poll oh. on rundown on the uh, rundown Twitter feed, asking our fans to pick our theme song, and we do have a winner. The theme song that will be the AEW theme song is ACDC TNT, because really that's the song we should have went with from the beginning. <laughs> Adam does not like this song because it's too on the nose. It's it's. <laughs> Yeah. So he he would rather something that, you know, has 8-bit music in the background and says Dynamite once in the entire chorus. But that's okay. You know. It says Kaboom. Ooh, the song kaboom. is called Kaboom, which is what Dynamite do. Instead, we're going to get ACDC. So thank you for everybody who voted. And next uh, next year next year we'll just record a song about uh, recording a podcast about wrestling and next year I will tell you this, more on the nose the next time we have um, a change in our theme song next year in 2022 I am personally picking my favorite AEW theme song and that's what we're going with not giving anybody any options I'm just gonna go with whatever I like at that point maybe it'll be Jungle Boy's theme song. Oh, wait, we don't have Tony Khan money. We can't afford that. The, pro- the problem is that ACDC got the lyrics backwards. Because it's, it's, what it should say is, because it's dynamite on TNT. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That is fair. Um, I don't know. Do you, what do you think about the Jungle Boy thing? We could make that our theme song. The oh, original one? Or the one? Oh, 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 oh. No, the new one that Tony Khan paid for. I have a comment about that later. Okay. <laughs> you think it's bad oh, no. now. Wait, that was last week. Wait, no, I have a comment about that later. But wait till you, uh, wait till we get fans back in full force. They're going to sing that throughout the whole fucking match. Horribly, if last week was any indication. Well, I think, I feel like those are just the wrestlers around ringside. It's Billy Gunn singing. What do you expect? I mean, Rockabilly, come on now. More on him later as well. I have, a, I have a specific note during a certain match. Anyways. Anyways. Let's do this. We begin with BTE, episode 241. The betrayal is real. The betrayal is real. The betrayal is real. We cold open with the good Did brothers. I mention I'm betrayed? Sorry. Little producer's moment there. Anyway. We cold open with the good brothers in front of a green screen. Again. Uh, They're making dick jokes. Again. Uh, there's, there's a buck on the screen, like an actual deer, and then Gallows pretends to fuck it. 
while Carl, Carl Anderson says, no, don't fuck the bugs. Oh, no, you can't fuck, fuck, the, fuck the, the bugs. You can't don't fuck, fuck the, the bugs. <laughs> I really hope the adolescents who watch BTE, like the teenagers, I hope they get a kick out of this. I really do. Because if they enjoy it, then fine. The adolescents of Carl Anderson and Big LG is what I hate the most. Wow. Well. <laughs> Uh, then the actual Bucks show up, like Matt and Nick, not like Bambi. <laughs> and Carl Anderson says, you can't fuck those Bucks either. <sighs> and then something I wasn't aware of, they talk about how AEW had to edit the shit out of last week's main event because the Good Brothers kept making weed and dick references. Again, because the Good Brothers are mentally... 14 years old. I didn't know that. I didn't know they had to edit the shit out of that main event last week. I would be fucking pissed if I was Tony Khan. He doesn't give a fuck. He's a mark. He lets them do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. True. Alright. The Bucks say their heat isn't with them. They actually like them. I don't know why. It's with Don Callis. And Anderson says he's got no problem with Callis because him and Gallows are the only ones making good money in Impact. For some reason, I do believe that. More fucking the buck jokes, and we go to our title sequence. They're so annoying. I think obnoxious is the perfect word. Yeah. Like, you just want to throw them off a bridge. (laughs) Yeah. We begin with Cutler Cam showing us more edited footage from last week's Dynamite main event. My, My first note was, no, yeah, more of this, please. (laughs) Uh, despite all the edited footage that they showed us on Cutler Cam my favorite part was still John Silver the one interesting thing from this is the fact that Brandon Keller is not actually a good cameraman we know that did we think he was going to be well he also flails around when he watches from the crowd he's like young bucks young bucks so he's a bit of a mark a dumbass, stupid-ass Mark. <laughs> stupid-ass, dumbass, Mark-ass dipshit. <laughs> All right. Outside of Data's place, Anna Jay and Ty Conti are walking into the building, and Stu Grayson is walking out, so Anna Jay pushes Stu over the guardrail. What the fuck? <laughs> I wrote, poor Stu. Great. He landed, like, half on the guardrail, half on the fucking cement stairs. Ty Conti, by the way, is shocked at this. And then Ty asked the question that we all have the answer to. Do you like him? Anna says, are you, are you serious? And then grabs her hand and walks into the building. She didn't answer the question. Thank you for doing it in the voice. Do you like him? Is he a dragon? Because you think we're, you think we're kidding. You think we're joking. But no, that is exactly, she said it in the exact same way. Do you like him? <laughs> Are you a dragon? Speaking of Same dragons. Fucking thing. Speaking of dragons, perfect segue. We go to Luchasaurus, who is practicing chess moves in his head, when uh, Brandon Cutler comes out. Cutler's sorry he called him fake, and he wants a truce. And he even has a shirt that says Dungeons and D- Dinosaurs. Aww. The shirt was cute. He's making peace. Luchasaurus accepts the apology, but, you know, he takes the F word very seriously. 
He says he feel he feels Brandon needs to be educated. So it's time to take Brandon. <laughs> You're skipping over something that made me laugh. What was it? When they talk they talk about the choke slam. Mm-hmm. And Cutler goes, I can't believe you let me kick out of that. <laughs> You're right. And then Luchasaurus like, yeah, why did I do that? <laughs> yeah. So it's time to take Brandon on what we used to call in the North Shore a white trash safari. <laughs> Specifically for that big orange dinosaur on Route 1. You know the one I'm talking about. Oh, the mini golf dinosaur. Okay. <laughs> so much like that, um, Luchasaurus takes him on a, uh, what he calls sensitivity training, on a dinosaur tour and some type of dinosaur parking lot exhibit. Yeah. Where Where is this place? Because I need to take my child to it. It's going to be Orlando, right? It's going to be like Universal Studios. That's... Or Jacksonville. That's what I was thinking, but I don't know if they have dinosaur theme parks. Because <laughs> it's literally a parking lot with these animatronic dinosaurs in it. That's why I was thinking Universal, because they have the whole Jurassic Park set up. Yeah, but not in the parking lot set. Right, which is awkward. But <laughs> Maybe it's like the, you know how they, um, I don't know if they have this up in New Hampshire. Down here in Massachusetts, they have this carnival that comes by every year at the same time, right around April vacation. And it goes from it goes to Revere, it goes to Medford, it goes to Malden. I wonder if this is like the traveling dinosaur carnival, Something. where they just set up in different parking lots all around Florida. <laughs> Any thoughts on the dinosaur exhibit? Where is this place? I need to go to it. <laughs> Cutler looked like he was having fun. Fuck yeah, man. Yeah, to be to be fair, I would be too. I enjoyed them playing a lot with like the standing in front of the T Rex and the thing starts. You know, yelling, and Luchasaurus is like, "No, it's okay, he's cool," or whatever. Like we couldn't hear them, but you could see that that's basically what he was trying to emote yes. to the dinosaur. Yes. We go to the Dark Order clubhouse. No. No. Marco Stunt was there too. So. <laughs> they, need, they need to feed him to the dinosaurs. We don't. We don't need to worry about Marco anymore. Marco's taken care of. More on that later. <laughs> <laughs> we go to the Dark Order Clubhouse where Stu and Uno have completed the construction of the official Dark Order Fort. Astro says, you'll have to explain this to me later. I thought this was wrestling and now there are dinosaurs. It's it's a thing. Yes. Um, to the official Dark Order Fort. First of all, Stu mentions it took 10 years to complete. Um. Also, my 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 little girls would be so all about this. It was a good fort. They make forts constantly, or at least they used to before COVID. And um, it was a good fort. My kid, uh, as a belated Christmas gift, got basically it's basically giant Tinker Toys. Okay. That you that you make a frame out of and then put put blanket over it, put blankets over it to mm-hmm. make a fort. Uh, this is a good fort. No, they were very creative. They used to use, like, chairs and tons of blankets and pillows. And Okay, what are you going to do in your fort? Watch TV? Like, they always made it facing the TV. Of course. Of course. <laughs> um, so this is specifically for the Dark Order sleepover party. Yeah, slumber party time. Slumber party. Not, not Dark Orgy. Did I really put sleepover party? Ugh. I'm so disappointed in myself. Uh, 
Colt has... <laughs> Speaking of disappointed, Colt has pajamas straight, of, straight out of a Christmas carol. Yeah, the cap and everything. Yes, he did. Uno and Ten are wearing plush onesies. One brown bear, one green bear. Complete with hoods. Five shows up with candy. Can't say Care Bears because that's trademarks. They they were not Care Bears. There was nothing. Ten was a Care Bear. There was no design on his stomach. Yes, there was. Uh, ten was ten was lots of luck bear. Shh. <laughs> Five shows up with candy and Anna J. Silver says. Lots of, lots of Coke bear. Silver says no girls allowed. So Anna come inside and Five get the fuck out. <laughs> Me. Actually, John Silver specifically tells him to go eat a human shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he does it in such a deadpan way, too. Go eat a go. Go eat a human shit. Later, Colt tells a scary story about stock options. Ooh. See, it's not racist because Colt is Jewish. <laughs> Wasn't going to go there, but that's true. I put how very dad of him. Um, it's worth, sure. It's worth mentioning in this segment that Alex Reynolds looks naked. Because <laughs> he's just wearing shorts, and the way he's sitting, it doesn't look like he's wearing any shorts. And I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> Dark orgy. They ask who should go next, and Silver says, Anna, 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 Anna. Anna, very impressive in this. Yes, she prevented herself from laughing extremely well. Very well. Almost didn't, though. So it was a couple times where she was like... (laughs) Um, She's annoyed, and she decides to leave. I don't blame her. He was literally right next to her, just screaming in her face. To the point where I had to turn the volume down on my computer, because I'm like, people upstairs are going to be like, what the fuck? Uh, as she leaves, oh, wait, 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 I'm sorry. I'm jumping the gun here. After she leaves, they decide to talk about their crushes. Pretty much everyone has a crush on Wardlow. Okay. <laughs> running, it's a running story. Remember when they tried to recruit him a few months ago? Yeah, that didn't go so well. Um, but only because he had to go do something from JF. He was this close. Outside the fort. Anna runs into Hangman Page, who apparently stopped by the clubhouse to pick up a bottle of whiskey. Yeah. I'm not kidding. She tells him he needs to fuck off for good. She goes, Colt, Colt is Dark Order dad. Anna goes full Dark Order mom here. Mm -hmm. You broke those boys' hearts. Mm -hmm. And she's like, they need to get over you, so you need to not be around. So don't come around here no more. Don't come around here no more. But actually, no, she did tell him to fuck off. She was like, get the fuck out. (laughs) I was like, oh, she's like mean Dark Order mom. Holy shit. He was like, but, uh, but, but. She's like, no, get the fuck out. Uh, She turns and we see the five's been sitting outside the fort. He asks what that was about and she warns him, you heard nothing. And if you say anything, you'll be treated like stew. Now, somehow the Dark Order hear five, but not anything that Anna and Hangman said. 
that's my next note. Because, they, yeah, they start screaming, are you sleeping on top of the fort? Fuck out of here, Five. Five, we told they, you to get... Did we kick him out? And they, but then the camera goes around, and the side is just completely open. <sighs> Look, no girls allowed means no girls allowed. And as we know, based on his pubic hair reaction, or loss of, Five is a little girl. Little bit. I think I still have that soundbite. I might drop it in here. Next, Matt Hardy brags he conned Cutler into challenging Luchasaurus. Apparently, he bet a lot of money on Luchasaurus and won because Brandon is a fucking idiot. Best part about this is Brandon is fucking filming them right now. And they're like, yeah, Brandon, you're a fucking idiot. And he just, from behind the camera, you just see him flip them off. I hate to say it, but Hardy's not wrong. Mm. Okay, yeah. you're... I, see, I wrote, see, it's funny because they're talking shit about Brandon and he's right there, but he's not actually there because he's the cameraman. <sighs> you might get mad at me now because I, I think we're going to have different opinions on this, on this segment. Um, Hardy tells Private Party he knows how to fuck with the Good Brothers. They go into the dressing room where Lou Gallows is sleeping and they loudly ring a ring bell and he awakens and he turns into Festus with a PH. I actually thought this was kind of funny. Especially when he was like, Festus with a PH because who the hell knows if Vince still owns the name? (laughs) See, I wrote, oh, it's a Festus joke. Hilarious. I thought... I did I did get a slight chuckle at Carl Anderson going, that makes me Jesse. And I don't, I don't want, want to be Jesse. Jesse. <laughs> I chuckled at that. Um, okay, do you, do you remember the E&C show on the WWE Network? Yep. Okay. They used to do shit like this all the time, where they, where they made fun of old gimmicks and shit like that. So I don't have a problem with, with Gals and Anderson doing this here. I actually thought I got a kick out of it for once. Referencing the Festus gimmick was kind of funny. Even funnier was afterwards Private Party reconvening with Matt Hardy, and he's very proud, and he says, now they're in the Good Brother's head, and he says, lunch is on him, and they're like, oh, for real? And he's like, absolutely, we're having biscuits and gravy. I've heard it makes you a man. <laughs> that, that plot didn't pop you. That was pretty funny. Okay, fine, whatever. We then go to Sister Nyla in her habit on her cell phone. This this was weird. She says this was so weird. This was this was private party fighting a bear levels of weird. Um, she says the donations are going great, almost too great. They actually have too much money. She then says some people are after her and she needs to go and to meet me in the place I put that thing that one time on a then shoot. I had to put closed captions on to understand what the fuck she said. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get it at all. But then we smash cut. Yes. What did we smash cut to? <laughs> a Griff Garrison dance break. What the fuck was that? I don't know. I, I, What's I, that part of the... Is that part of the nun thing? Is that a completely separate thing? <laughs> I think it's part of the alien thing. I think ever since 
He was abducted by Statlander. He's going to be fucking weird now. Maybe. <laughs> or it was a shot at Carmella. Who the fuck knows? Then it is time for our BTE Championship Challenge. Silver versus Sammy. Three field goals each. Well... Three attempts each. Three attempts each. If they try, if they tie, they cut the belt in half. No, 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 no. They'll do a fourth attempt. Both Silver and Johnny missed their first. No, I wrote Silver and Johnny. I'm sorry. Both Sammy and Johnny missed their first attempts. Silver and Johnny. Silver hits the second attempt, but Sammy does not. Sammy hits the third attempt, and Silver misses. So it is at the end of three attempts. Tied at one one. Now I think Sammy's biggest problem may have been the fact that he was wearing fucking work boots. <laughs> true. I have a question for you. Now yeah. this seemed a little bit unfair because Fuego del Sol, who's essentially Sammy's like sidekick, hype man. Sure, but but Silver didn't have anybody backing him up. It's not like Reynolds was there. Yeah, where the fuck where the fuck was Reynolds? I think I think this mentally fucked with Silver. That he had to deal with both of them. And who's to say that Fuego wasn't doing weird shit with the ball when he was holding the ball for silver? That's true. Laces uh, out. Laces out. Einhorn is a man. <laughs> Finkel is Einhorn. Einhorn is Finkel. All right. So in the fourth attempt, Sammy makes it. Silver does not. Uh, the title sucks now. Which, by the way, Sammy made it and act like he won the whole thing and then and completely yeah. forgot that Silver could match. But sadly, Silver didn't match. Your winner is Sammy Guevara. The guy from the other vlog has taken the BTE title to the other channel. Dude, it was bad enough that that happened, but then when he blew a, when he blew a kiss and then escaped through the crowd, I was just like, done. <laughs> I'm so mad. Do I really? Are they really not going to have this title on BT anymore? Is it going to move over to that other channel? I hope not. I think they should force Sammy to defend it on on BT. But yeah, the title sucks now. Maybe Silver gets a rematch. I think they should do a rematch. Astra says we need to get out of the house more, and I'm not sure why. All right, that was it. That was the end of uh, BT this week. Mm-hmm. What'd you think? Meh. Dark Order. I, I, it was it, to me, it felt better. Dark Order. The Dark Order. The Dark Order slumber party was good. That was, was good. really good. Um, the BT challenge wasn't bad. I kind of like. Obviously, Silver's a star in these challenges because he makes everything. My name, John Silver. I'm kick kick football. I'm I'm here to kick the football. Um. John, John Belt. John Football guy. Belt. Meat man. <laughs> All right. Anything else before we get to Dynamite? I don't think so. All right. So, it's your week to start. If you would, please. It is. This is the Spotify Memorial Dinamite episode recap, episode 71. 
Straight to the opening video this week. Welcome to Beach Break, everybody. We are opening with the Tag Team Battle Royal. We are reminded that FTR was suspended for the night because of their attack last week post-match. Uh, Luchasaurus, still hornless. Also, someone ordered another cameo from Sammy Hagar. Uh, the Bucks come out last. So of Sammy Hagar has never watched wrestling in his life, not, has he? Not in the, not in the chain. He's like, go get him! Go get that Battle Royal! <laughs> Sammy, Sammy, Sammy. Somebody could have sent you like a five-second clip or something. <laughs> Is that some clue what he was talking about? Uh, we are reminded via replays that the Bucks won last year's Tag Team Battle Royal to get the shot at Revolution, which they lost. Uh, the Bucks dive on their opponents, a brawl ensues, and the match begins. Uh, Dante is the first eliminated, but remember, in an AEW tag team battle royal, the, the team isn't eliminated until both members are eliminated. Before we even go there, why did the bell ring before everybody was <laughs> in the ring? They were all outside, yeah. That was weird to me. That felt very TNA reverse battle royal shit. Like <laughs> <laughs> That's, it's felt, That felt just pure WCW to me. True. Where they, They'll ring a bell during an entrance if they want to. Nobody gives a shit. Uh, uh, Hager eliminates Reynolds, then almost Grayson, but Uno and Silver run over and knock Hager to the floor. Uh, Matt Jackson gets flipped onto the ramp, which is an elimination. Bowens is then dumped by MJF and Jericho. Luchasaurus then waits as everyone runs at him one at a time like a kung fu movie. <laughs> Uh, Luchasaurus almost eliminates Stu, who grabs the ropes and then very awkwardly makes sure he gets on the apron instead of back into the ring so he can be fully eliminated. Uh, Silver and Uno then eliminate Luchasaurus. MJF tosses Uno as he celebrates following a flatliner on Nick Jackson. JR is sure to complain about this. Uh, Quen gets eliminated as JR complains about the name Silly String. He's not wrong on that one. He's not. Silver then suplexes Santana and Ortiz, but they then throw him to the floor to the booze of the crowd. Uh, I wrote Jackson. I think it was Nick. Nick Jackson with his comeback, as JR says, it would be miraculous if the Bucks were to win two years in a row. Uh, Jackson eliminates Ortiz, then Santana. Uh, the Good Brothers show up at ringside to low bridge Cassidy. Uh, Nick complains about this, and MJF eliminates Nick. Uh, MJF and Fat Jericho do the Bucks pose, and we're down to MJF and Jericho, Sammy, but not Hager, Jungle Boy, but not Luchasaurus, Max Caster, but not Anthony Bowens, and Darius, but not Dante. Okay, a couple things about this. So, um, let's start with, with Nick Jackson being eliminated. <laughs> He's right in front of the Good Brothers. They do nothing to help him. They just right. they just watch him fall to the floor. Hey, what are you doing? Also, speaking hey. of falling to the floor and doing nothing, I don't think you mentioned that we began proper when everybody was in the ring with Isaiah Cassidy jumping off the top rope, screaming like a banshee onto no one. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and everybody watched him do this and was like, okay. mass mark. Uh, MJF eliminates Jungle Boy. He and Sammy face off. Caster punches them both, then holds MJF's arms for Sammy to hit him. MJF ducks the super kick. That's not a super kick because it's a thrust kick because Young Bucks. And then MJF and Caster get dumped. We've got Jericho, Sammy, and Darius. 
Uh, Darius counters a double backdrop into a double DDT. He tries to chuck Sammy, who skins the cat. Sammy catches a head scissors, and Jericho runs over to try and eliminate Darius, but ends up eliminating Sammy instead. Uh, Darius gets backdrop to the apron and eats a Judas effect. MJF and Jericho move on to Revolution. Awesome. <laughs> okay. So a couple things. Um, Uno at one point hit the end of days. Complete with the with the little swing in front and then the launch back. I'm like, <laughs> really? <laughs> um, That's I he celebrated and got eliminated and JR got pissed. I don't know if you caught this. JR absolutely 100% live on TNT said the Young Fucks. He goes, the Young the young Bucks. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. And I went back, and I'm like, he really was about to say Young Fucks. He was like this fucking close. He got the F out and everything. <laughs> um, JR calls out the ref for not having any control. Oh, when the Good Brothers show up, he's like, all right. Paul Turner, you're right there. What are you going to do? And then I'm thinking, like, it doesn't matter. I think JR actually said that. Eh, it doesn't matter. Fuck, does it matter anymore? Um, the fans wanted Jungle Boy to win. That's when they were singing their song. Um, That's... Which was annoying at best. Because, they, like you said, they did not sing it well. Um, I kind of like the spot with Max Caster and MJF. When... when um, you know, he, he he was holding him, and then uh, he ducks, and Sammy super kicks him, and then MJF's like, oh, good, 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 that you did just like I taught you to. Yeah, thrust kick. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, not going to do it. Yeah, Jericho and MJF. Huh. Huh. Okay, I, I will say this, that the very first thing I thought of when this battle royal started was if all three tag teams in the inner circle are in this match, what was the point of that match last week? Yeah. But, you know, Jericho, uh, decent bit Say of storytelling. Who cares? Decent bit of storytelling with Jericho and, and MJF winning, but Sammy getting pissed at Jericho for eliminating him. So, mm -hmm. that so was... it did appear to be accidental. Yeah, he was totally going for fucking Darius, so... Um, Though at that point, it would have been... What, it would have been Jericho, MJF, and Sammy? Yeah. No, it just would have been Jericho and Sammy, because MJF had already oh. been eliminated. Oh, that's so. so then they could have fought it out, I guess. I don't know. Um, Jericho, he keeps posting this shit on, online where he's, like, pretending to have a six-pack. It's weird. Did you did you get a chance to see that clip I sent you um, where it's Bart Simpson and he's older and he's all fat and he's a stripper? Yeah, so, yeah, you're, yeah. <laughs> you're fat! Hi, honey, it's just a lot more me to love. <laughs> yeah, from Botchamania. Yeah, that's all I can think of when I see Jericho out there now. Because he doesn't even, it's not even close. Like, this is the guy... When he was, um, what was that fucking gimmick? When he was doing the list, right? That was only four years ago. He was in decent shape then, right? As I recall. Not like, you know, Lionheart shape, but he was in decent shape. And he had the and he had the short hair, which I prefer. Yeah, this is just actually I don't even know if that's his real hair. It might be extensions, but 
This was just a mess. All right, so got to have Jericho and MJF on the card somehow. The wigs of Jericho. All right. Did anything else happen before we go to match two? Yep. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, to commentary, we go to run down tonight's card. Then Jr. throws it to a special look at Jade Cargill. Awesome. This special look is literally a commercial for workout equipment, except it's a wrestling vignette. Completely fucking pointless. Wouldn't this vignette have made sense for weeks before we saw Jade interrupt Cody? So then you know, hey, this is the girl from the vignettes. It was a fucking Solo Flex commercial. No, I know they've done that with fucking... um. Sweaty woman, weight rack, sweaty woman, I feel like push-ups, they... sweaty woman, dumbbells. I feel Jeez. like they did that with um, Simon Dean's gimmick, too. But huh. The Simon system? Yeah, didn't they have vignettes for him where he was doing shit like that before he debuted on SmackDown? Yeah, but that was the character. Jade Cargill is not a fitness instructor. Well, she is a fitness model in real life. Um no, but do you agree with me that they should have at least had this shown before she showed up on Dynamite? Because then we would have known who the fuck she was. I know. Uh, when we come back from break, we go to Tony in the ring. He brings out Darby and then Sting. Funny how when it's snow, when the snow gets stuck in Sting's hair, it looks like soap suds. I figured, out what's, wrong, I figured out what's wrong with Sting. <laughs> yeah, well. Um... He was so much better when he was dyeing his hair the dark brown, like the sting in your timeline, where it, like, basically matched the face paint. Like, it wasn't jet black, but it was, like, you know, hardcore mm -hmm. dark brown. And um, now he has, like, fading brown that's balding, and it's like, no, nah, it doesn't work anymore. Now all I can think of is when he was fighting Triple H and he had that huge bald spot after his hair got sweaty. <sighs> Tony announces that next week on Dynamite, Darby will defend the TNT title against Joey Janela, and then Team Taz interrupts from the big screen. They're not allowed in the building because of what they did last week, but somehow they're still able to, able to take over the feed. Sure. Taz basically threatens to interfere in the TNT title match next week. Sting promises to make sure it remains a one-on-one -on -one match next week. He then tries to convince Taz that he is still the icon because of his eyes. Wait, no, no. <laughs> okay. So first of all, um, next week, Darby will defend the TNT title against Joey Janela. My first reaction was, huh? Yeah. By the way, Sal, you know you, you want to know where Joey Janela is on the rankings this week in the men's division? Not ranked. Yeah, no idea, but he's not in the top five, so why the fuck is he getting a title shot? Right. Um, but then when Taz interrupted, I was like, oh, he's going to pull some loophole that it's Ricky Starks instead or something like that. Like, that's why I thought he was there. No, no, no. He was just like, I promised to interfere next week's match. And Sting was like, well, I promise to not let you. Look in my eyes. So Ricky Starks Look calls out Sting. It's like, I don't think you're the icon anymore. And Sting's big fucking <laughs> seething comeback. Icon. <laughs> Sting's big comeback is, well, maybe you need a closer look. <laughs> That's your line? 
did they write that for you, or did you come up for that? Come up with that one yourself? Because it sucks. <laughs> Whatever it was, they knew it was coming because they zoomed in real close on his face. Maybe you need a closer look. Imagine if he said that to Hogan in your Nitro timeline. Everybody'd be like, "What?" <laughs> To a recap video about Britain Thunderosa, and now it's time for that match. Match number two, Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa charges the ring. She tosses Rebel to the outside, and the slight distraction allows Britt to take her down and go for the lockjaw, but Rosa escapes and applies a quick submission of her own. Baker and Rosa go back and forth with chops in the corner, and then Rosa hits a vicious shotgun dropkick, followed by a cannonball. She drags Britt Baker to the center of the ring and goes for the cover, but only manages to get a two. Both girls, by the way, um, just phenomenal appearance in gear tonight. Really nice. A+. plus. Is there a more awkward way you could have put that? I definitely could have put it more awkwardly. Rosa mounts Britt, and, speaking of, and just rains down punches to Britt's face. She throws Britt into the corner and then charges in, but Britt avoids it. Britt ties up Rosa, and you think she's going to do that thing that both flares do, where they knee the back of your knee, but instead she just kicks her in the face. See, I wrote, Britt avoids a charge in the corner, then hits this weird, overly complicated kick to the head. (laughs) It's true, she had to tie up her leg and her arm first, and then just kick her in the head. Uh, Britt and Rosa continue to brawl as we go to Box and Box. Adam, for the first time in many, many, many weeks, we get full box for a women's match. It's because it was second. I told you it's placement on the card. By the way, someone in the crowd is desperately trying to start uh, a, 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 a chant for that from that song, Thunder. But they're doing it horribly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's Good what they guy. were trying to chant. Okay, now I hear it. That's why I couldn't understand it. Thunder. Stop, stop, stop. Um, What's the oldest gun's name that's not Billy? His oldest son? Colton? No, the other one. Austin. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, okay. It's probably Austin Gunn that tried that. <laughs> For some reason, I thought Austin Gunn was someone else. I was like... That guy's in TNA. Nope, that's Ace Austin. Way, way, way too many Austins. Right as we're going to box, Rick Knox, or, or Paul Turner rather, finally decides to come out and go, hey, you know. Oh, more Paul Turner in just a little bit. But it's cool because during box, Thunder, Thunder Rosa broke the count like three times. So. At least she knows the rules. <laughs> Uh, they fight it to the ramp as we get back from box, and Thunder Rosa hits Britt with a Death Valley driver on the ramp. Holy shit, that looks stiff. <laughs> Both girls struggle to get back in the ring. Oh, go ahead. This allows JR to break out his classic, they know how to fall, sarcasm. Please, sir, allow me. <laughs> JR tries to say there's no wrestling school that trains you to fall on the ramp. But instead says, and I quote, You're not trained in camps or whatever to fall on areas such as that structure. So it's not like they know how to fall thing. Stay in the ring where you get a better chance of survival. 
They know how to fall thing? That's what, word for word. And I'm like, dude? Meanwhile, like, in the back, Tony Khan's like, can we mute his mic? Cut, cut there for the rest of the match. Fall thing. He also bam, started, he also bam, started, bam. um, talking about cake at one point in this match, and I was wondering where he was going with it. it really was. <sighs> Fucking Jim Ross. Thunder, Ro- Thunder Rosa charges at Britt and nails a Miz clothesline? I don't know what else to call that. <laughs> That's what it is, right? <laughs> she follows up with a springboard dropkick to Britt in the corner. Rosa then hits a basement shotgun dropkick and gets a two count. Rosa picks up Britt and spins her in uh, La Arena? That's what Excalibur called it. Basically like in the position of a Samoa drop, but reversed, where your back is touching her back. Um, yeah, I just wrote. I just wrote. Rosa wants that spinning slam. I don't there know what you the fuck go. Britt reverses into a schoolgirl for another two count. Oh, poor people in 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 the Twitch chat that don't know what a schoolgirl is. Uh, Britt nails a sling blade and then a super kick or a thrust kick, and gets another near fall. Rosa goes for a pile driver. Yes. There was a move before the the pile driver attempt. Uh, Rosa with a spinning back kick right to the gunt. <laughs> where she kicked her. That's where she kicked her. It's true. Rosa attempts a pile driver, but Britt reverses it and turns it into an air raid crash. That's white noise for any of you non-NXT fans. <laughs> she covers Rosa, but Rosa kicks out at two and three quarters. Holy shit, that was fucking close. Britt goes to the ropes, and Rebel puts the glove on her hand. She goes back to Rosa and attempts the lock job, but Rosa counters into a pinning combination for a two-count. Britt comes back with a beautiful Seth penalty. Thank you. Or a curb stomp for all you newer fans to the AEW rundown. (laughs) If you didn't say Seth Penley, I was going to, because that's what I wrote in my notes. But then I figured I should explain it, because then maybe <laughs> we do have new fans. Um, she elects not to go for the cover, which I thought was dumb, because that was a really nice fucking Seth penalty. But instead tries the lockjaw again, but Thunder counters it again. Britt refuses to release her grip, and Thunder turns it into a side suplex. Thunder Rosa follows this up with another Death Valley Diver, Death Valley Driver, this time inside the ring. Death Valley dive up. And then Britt just barely, just barely kicks up. Yep. They had me. And Britt did a great job selling that one. Uh, Rosa, okay, <laughs> this is my note about Paul Turner. Oh, fuck. Thunder Rosa attempts to hook a rings of Saturn on Britt. While this is going on, uh, Paul Turner decides to turn into Helen Keller and doesn't see or hear Rebel come into the ring and rip off the middle turnbuckle pad. Quite easily, I might add. I guess they use Velcro in AEW. Yeah. Here's my problem with this spot. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you have a note on on it, but but what what commentary decides is the reason for it? Oh. (laughs) Commentary decides that the reason Rebel came in the ring and ripped off the turnbuckle was solely to get Thunder Rosa to release the submission. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Oh, but what she, fucking sense does that? Because make? Excalibur said something. What is Rebel doing in the ring? And Jim Ross and Shivani's response was nothing at first. And then Thunder Rosa released the submissions. So they're like, oh, that's what it was. They were trying to get her to release the submission. <laughs> On what planet? <laughs> Stupid fucks. Like, I get it. You're not. You don't want to give away the spot because the spot hasn't happened yet, where where she goes face first into the turnbuckle. But don't fucking say like, oh, she was in. Like, we all saw her take the turnbuckle pad off. <sighs> Thunder Rosa gets off the mat to kick Rebel in the face as Paul Turner turns around and goes, Hey! Hey. Fucking idiot. Not surprisingly, this comes into play as moments later, Britt catches Thunder Rosa charging in and hits her with a shitty end of days to that exposed turnbuckle. Let's ignore the, the live shot that showed her clearly throwing her face into her forearm. Nowhere near the exposed buckle. Well, you got to get your hands up, man. I don't want these girls or guys taking unprotected headshots into metal. Yeah, but the forearm wasn't even on the corner. It was on, like, the rope. That's true. All right. Rosa is out cold, but instead of pinning her, which kind of would have made more sense, Britt applies the lockjaw to the unconscious Thunder Rosa and gets the win. Your thoughts on this match? Um... Apart from the finish, because I thought the finish was fucking stupid. Apart from the finish, I really enjoyed it. Okay. This was probably the best women's AEW, the best women's match I've seen in AEW in over a year. This was really, really good. Back and forth. Um, I talked on the WWE rundown about Sasha versus Carmella, and I said that Carmella didn't, like, perform up to the level of Sasha. And I'm not saying she had to she had to be as good as Sasha, but usually when you're in there with somebody really good, they can make you look really good. And Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker, Britt put her fucking working boots on, and they had a really fucking solid match. Mm-hmm. Um, I know what they were trying to do with the finish, you know, use the exposed turnbuckle, have that be the cause of the of, of Thunder Rosa losing. The execution was piss poor. Yeah, like like you said, between between Paul Turner completely ignoring it and commentary's bizarre attempt to cover it, it just made everyone look stupid. Dude, do it as simple as they used to do it back in the in the eighties, while they're in the other corner. Have the camera show Rebel fucking with that turnbuckle on the outside. You know what I mean? And, like, she's loosening it or whatever, and then, like, nobody saw her. But don't have her go in the ring just to get kicked in the face. Like, that should have been a disqualification. But, like you said, aside from the finish, I thought it was a very solid match. Yeah. Very good match. Um, I like that Britt won. By, by underhanded tactics. I thought mm-hmm. that was nice. I thought it was mm-hmm. good work for the character. And even though I criticized it, I think um, Britt pinning her is easy. Britt applying the lockjaw just to be a bitch is better. So I'll take it. 
Um, although I will, I am interested to see what they do next because I don't think it's over, and I'm wondering if Thunder Rosa tries to get Rebel in a match, and then just kicks the shit out of her. <laughs> Dude, a couple of times Thunder Rosa grabbed Britt's arm, in what looked like it was going to be a Rings of Saturn. But also it looked like she was going to do that thing that Penta does, where he just leans back and breaks her arm. Right. Which is, I'm wondering if she does that to Rebel at some point. Okay. Paul Turner, who's very, very guilty about being an idiot, <laughs> and Doc Samson help Thunder Rosa to the back as we get a pre-tape of Matt Hardy conning Hangman Page to team with them against Chaos Project. What the f- what the fuck? Because be- because Luther ruined Negative One's birthday during Hangman's match or post match or whatever. So I guess, but that didn't really make any sense. Um. Hangman specifies he's not going to sign any fucking contracts. He's not going to be Hardy's partner. Any, he's not in a tag team again. Any carny contract. Any carny contract. Hangman specifies this is one night only. I prefer they not do it at all. Yeah. But, but whatever. I wrote, Hangman doesn't want a team with Hardy. I mean, who would, honestly? Also, also they were they were confusing the fuck out of the timeline because they kept saying next week, but this was filmed last week. So next week is this week. And also it's right now because it's next. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. I was like, that was last week, which is this week. And that's next. What that was last week? That was last week. So when they say next week, remember that was last week. So, so that's next week is this week. It's like that old Mr. Show bit, the, the pre-recorded call in show. Nobody's going to understand that reference except for Sean, and I'm okay with that, but <sighs> good God. <clears throat> but yes, it is right now Hang'em Hardy versus Chaos Project. I hate this. See, I wrote Carolina Blue versus Chaos Project. Because Matt Hardy's from Carolina and Hangman Page is sad. No, because Hangman Page is from Carolina. But he's also sad. That's true. <laughs> He's a sad cowboy. That's true. I was trying to figure out a way to work that into the Ass Man theme song, and I couldn't figure it out. Without just going, he's a sad man, which just doesn't work at all. Which is just dumb. (laughs) Uh, Matt Hardy enters and we go to break. When we return, Chaos Project are already in the ring because, again, who fucking cares? You know how AEW typically hasn't released anybody in their existence, <laughs> aside from like people who have asked for it. They could release Chaos Project tomorrow, and I, I fucking would not shed a one tear. <laughs> I don't even need an explanation. Just give me the fucking Twitter. They've been released. Matt Hardy starts with Serpentico. He beats on him for a bit, then tags Hangman. A running shooting star gets it too. Quick offense from the Cowboy, a snap suplex, gets a two, Hardy back in, he removes his shirt, mistake, and he drives an elbow from the second rope into Serpentico's shoulder. Uh, Luther with the blind tag, Super Serpentico gets side-effected, and Matt Hardy gets clotheslined. Luther does some awful comedy spots after tagging out, and he drops Serpentico onto Hardy for two. 
Luther back in. He hits a slam and tags out. Hardy rolls out from under a swanton and tags out. Hangman takes out Luther and hits the follow-away slam onto Serpentico. Then a slingshot dive onto Luther. Page with a spine buster. That gets a two-count. Hardy dumps Luther. Serpentico fights out of a Samoan drop but gets punched directly in the face. Hangman to the apron, but Luther pulls him off. Hangman sidesteps a cannonball, hits the buckshot. Hardy tags himself in and gets the pin. Yay, it's over. Now, one more time, but this time with emotion. No. <laughs> to a video about the women's eliminator, latest update is that Hikaru Shida has gotten stuck in the cargo net and has fallen way behind the others. You get it? It's like yes. American Gladiator. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Uh, they actually do list participants this week, not just the one match that will happen at some point. Uh, there are names we know and names uh, we don't know. Uh, on the Japanese side, Aja Kong, Yuka, Sakazawi, uh, Vini, Vini, uh, Emi Sakura, Ryo Mizunami, Mei Suruga, Rin Kadukura, and Maki Ito. Uh, in the U.S. side, Serena Deeb, Riho, Britt Baker, Tekanti, Thunder Rosa, Nyla Rose, Anna Jay, and Layla Hirsch. Okay. So I'm glad they announced the names. Yep. Um, Troy was kind enough to make this reference last week that um, they were probably going to get them from TJPW, which is what they did. They partnered with TJPW for this tournament. Um, and Troy also made mention of one person in particular, uh, Maki Ito. <laughs> I am 100% unfamiliar with this person, but she has already made an impression on me because her yeah, first... Based on, based on the tweets that Troy shared, I am already a fan. <laughs> yes, her very first um, tweet to referencing this AEW partnership is uh, a picture of her with the bracket and she says, hello, motherfuckers, hashtag AEW. <laughs> and I'm like, that is amazing. <laughs> She's also apparently learned the word gold of the term golden shower today. That's nice. So Maki Ito and I don't here's the problem. They yeah. have told oh. us that that half of this tournament is going to be in Japan. Are we going to see those matches, or are they just going to tell us? And the other night in Japan, uh, Maki Ito beat uh, Aja Kong don't... to advance to the finals, and it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> By the way, don't forget, I am the god of love and piss. Yes, that's correct. Um, Which... But yeah, Troy, Troy, uh, Troy sent uh, saying, "quote Here's a good look at two different ways to introduce yourself to a new audience," and sent a sent a screenshot of uh, uh, my Saruga's tweet. Uh, May Saruga's first appearance in AEW, the Apple of Hope, popping out of the world's smallest wrestling promotion. Big Apple, the fighting spirit is in the smile. And then, and then Maki Ito's, hello, motherfuckers! Also, I am immediately a fan, because that's yes. fucking fantastic. Also, apparently, um, just to give a little background on, on Maki Ito, which, we're, we're talking about her, and she's probably gonna, like, lose in the first round or something. But, <laughs> Assuming she does not, um, hold on, I'm just going to take a quick, oh yes, let me help you AEW boys, Tro Troy wrote to us, Maki Ito yes, fired from think. Link, which was a Japanese pop group, um, or a Japanese, he put idol group for having a big forehead, became a wrestler to make money, flips everyone off, catchphrase is, who is cutest in the world? She is, and she is the star of this tournament, but probably won't win it. I'm very interested in this girl. Much, much more interesting than Emi Sakura or Yuka Sakazawa. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, no big surprises in the U.S. brackets. These are all people we've seen before. So These are all people we've seen before, but there are some noticeably absent people. Um, so there have been rumors about Big Swole. Where's Penelope? There, well, yes. Well, she's busy because she just... She'll be on her. So, um, yes, there's no Penelope, which I think <laughs> is the greatest thing ever, by the way. Still fucking funny. It's still amazing. Um, there's no uh, Big Swole. And again, Cedric's like was off TV for a little while, so there was rumors of COVID and this, that, and the other thing. But I'm wondering if they tried with Big Swole and now they're just kind of like moving on because she hasn't clicked. Right. She's definitely terrible. I mean, this would have been a spot for her to even lose in the first round, considering how much time they put into her over the summer. But she's not even in the tournament. Um, and do you think Nyla Rose is going to go far in the tournament? Do you think, like, she's just going to dominate the first two rounds and end up in the semifinals or something? Uh, probably. Also, Riho is in the American side of the bracket because, um, she no longer... Uh, works in Japan, or at least not right at the moment. She is, <clears throat> as Troy mentioned last week, she's here with AEW. So I'm assuming Rio is going to be a daily place to take on Serena Deeb, right? Or is it going to be at an undisclosed location? No, it is probably. It, I, I'd assume it would be on a an episode of Dynamite. I would love it if if. And I say if, like I, like I don't already know the answer to this. I'm going to assume they don't show us every match in the women's tournament. I'm going to yeah. assume that. If they tell us to go watch the match on their YouTube channel, I'm fine with that. If they're like, hey, tonight, round one, you know, Emi Sakura versus Yuka Sakazawi, great. I'll go check it out. Because I know, I know everybody on, on that side can work. But don't just give us the results. Like, at least, yeah, like, us, like, tell us, like, a way to go see it. They need to, they need to find, like, a happy medium between showing everything on Dynamite and showing everything on YouTube like they did for the Women's World Cup that didn't fucking matter. <laughs> um, I, I'd be happy with just highlights from the, from the Japan matches. Sure. So, you know, this is, this is what happened in the Eliminated Tournament as we go over, over in Japan and... You know, just a brief video package of whatever matches. A brief video package on Dynamite is fine. I would be more happy if they gave me a heads up and they're like, this Tuesday night on YouTube. Like, you know what I mean? That, that's cool, too. That yeah. Would... Oh, yeah, put them on dark, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but we'll see. You know, we got to see how this tournament plays out because if the same old people from the American side end up in the finals, then, like, who cares? You know what I mean? So, we'll see. Uh, The wedding is next, we're promised. And then I wrote, how the hell is it only 9 (laughs) o'clock? Really? All right. When we come back, Marvez is in a hallway waiting for Jericho and MJF. They're shitheads. They're carrying a cooler. They enter their locker room to celebrate. Sammy is pissy, but he makes good points. 
we then see them enter the locker room on the TV on the wall, which someone quickly shuts off. <laughs> After Sammy storms off and Jericho follows, MJF says they need to have a conversation, and Wardlow walks us out. Um, dude, I I know we've been we've been saying it every week. Like MJF's going to get the inner circle to turn on Jericho, and they're going to be his backup going forward. But, dude, give them credit for long, long-term storytelling because that's where we're going, and we're finally getting there now. Like now he's going to convince, um, you know, Santana and Ortiz and Hager to be on his side. I'm, I'm cool with that. In fact, if we could take Jericho out and then like. He's off TV for like a year. I'm even better with that. Or more. More. <laughs> Forever works. Well, you never know while he's off TV for the year what might happen. I mean, if he's off touring, he might get COVID and die. <laughs> Just saying, the second time around's a lot worse than the first. But anyway. Two commentary to kill us some time, and then JR throws us to Tony, who's backstage with Kip Miro and Charles the Butler. Uh, Vicky appears to let them know that it's time and we go to the ring. The officiant looks vaguely familiar from far away and yes, J.R. and Excalibur's oh so clever wordplay mm-hmm. reveals that it is Father James Mitchell. Yeah, very, very clever, by the way. Thanks Shivani and, and J.R. You're about as fucking subtle as a, a stab wound with a knife. Um, you could say he looks sinister. Thanks. Okay. Idiot. Um, yeah, I was surprised. I was like, holy shit, it's Father James Mitchell. Mm-hmm. That's a thing. <laughs> Vicky walks Kip to the ring. And then Why? I Is Vicky little... Kip's mom? <gasps> Did Eddie and Vic have a secret child that they hid from the world for years? You're, kill- you're killing my joke. Aww. Then out comes P- Penelope with Jerry Lynn. So Jerry is Penelope's father? Yep. <laughs> yep. That's why she's halfway decent in the ring. <laughs> <Hi-o>! <laughs> JR hopes this is short and the wedding begins. Not me laughing at the hack joke of from the moment your eyes met my eyes meeting your breasts. <laughs> they also intimate that Kip has an enormous penis. I like that JR was like, I don't do so good at these wrestling weddings. Kind of hate this fucking shit. <laughs> Miro interrupts the objection portion, citing his personal experiences. Clever. Oh, that was uh, actually really nice. If anybody here has... Nope, nope, nope. I, we're not doing that part. We are not doing that part. Okay? We're just going to skip that. Everybody's like... Okay. <laughs> uh, they marry, they make out, she removes her lipstick from his face, and Miro gives his best man speech. Or Dude, tries they, to. they're making out. And Excalibur's like, um, I, I guess we're going to start the honeymoon now. Because <laughs> yeah. it got, like, uncomfortably long. Mm-hmm. Now, for, for for context, I guess is maybe not the word I'm looking for, but uh, for, for information, um, Kip ha- had tweeted that the marriage, that the wedding on, on Dynamite was going to be a legitimate, mar- a legitimate wedding. Um, apparently they got, they, they actually got married, like actually signed the paperwork married, like if two or like on Monday or Sunday or Monday, but that was their, that was their actual wedding ceremony, which is why the shenanigans waited until after the I do's. Hi James. 
I, okay. I mean, granted, COVID has changed a lot of things, but if you're Penelope and Kip's family, you're not, like, kind of mad about that? <laughs> Speaking of shenanigans, uh, <laughs> Miro beats up a box he was sure had Trent in it, and then he makes Charles clean up the mess. Uh, then he leads a sing-along so Trent can handcuff his ankles to a turn post. Trent was not uh, there. So I wrote Trent like three times. Charles can handcuff his ankles to a turn post. Uh, Charles punches Kip, which sends Penelope into the cake. Kind Groundbreaking. Uh, yeah. Uh, certainly not as bad as Lana. Uh, Miro grabs Chuck, but he avoids the strike from Kip. Uh, Penelope jumps on Chuck's back. Kip takes Chuck down as Orange pops up from the cardboard cake underneath the real cake. Uh, Kip eats a bucket to the head, Monday Night uh, Raw for the Genesis. And a beach break, Miro <laughs> screams, Penelope cries, and we go to box for some goddamn reason. Why the fuck did we go to box? Penelope wins the award for worst attempt at a crier during a wedding. I thought you were going to say worst attempt at cake face. Because her crying at her own wedding was like, mm-hmm, <laughs> like, like I remember, um, let's see here. There's a couple people that like bawled their eyes out at, at the, at a, a wrestling wedding. I think Stephanie, oh, Stephanie was enraged, but at least that was all over her face and the cake. And then, um, I think Lita was like terrified because it was Kane. Like you said, there's been a bunch of wrestling weddings, but I hated Penelope's reactions because they weren't good. She should have been like over the top upset. Like you ruined it. You ruined it, Austin. You ruined it. <laughs> um, okay. What were your thoughts on the wedding segment? It was all right. I I, I I did appreciate the way that they they swerved Miro because you know Charles the Butler is like oh that's my gift and then Miro just attacks it and it's nothing but an empty box and he's like go outside and clean it and while he's outside he um you know, hooks Miro's leg and, and captures it and handcuffs it or whatever it was. I did appreciate that because it's like, oh, shit, like I didn't see that coming. But yeah. everything else was 100% cut and paste, copy and paste from from every other wrestling wedding we've ever fucking seen. Mm-hmm. You know who had an awesome yeah. wrestling wedding? The f- superstar formerly known as Anthony Green. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, <sighs> not really a fan of this whole thing because it just felt like a big fucking time waster. Speaking of which, when we come back, video of Shaq accepting Cody's challenge for a match, including completely ignoring the social distancing precautions set up in the NBA on TNT Studio. Good job, dipshit. So a couple things. Um, didn't they promote? I could have sworn, dude. You have to fucking help me out here. Didn't they promote a face to face between Cody and Shaq? 
like a couple weeks ago, I feel like they promoted it. Like, at next week on Dynamite, or at Beach Break, Cody and Shaq will go face-to-face. And then they never delivered on that. That doesn't ring a bell. I remember last week was Cody responds. But I don't remember a face-to-face. thought they were. I might be wrong. But also, apparently Shaq's um, tornado move is a Judas effect. Right? Something like that. But it only works on plexiglass dividers. I did like that he called him Cupcake Cody. And pumpkin pie. Red pumpkin pie <laughs> cake. <laughs> well, Jade, Jade, to be honest, Jade's going to destroy her. And they were like, oh, you know, Jade and, and um, Red Velvet will do the majority of the work. Yeah, that's a good idea. Have the two <laughs> greenest girls in the company do the majority of the work. And, of course, that match is taking place at... Revolution. The go-home dynamite for Revolution on March 3rd. Wait, what? I thought it was taking place at Revolution. Didn't they say it was going to be a revolution? They put up the graphic! Yeah, but then the NBA scheduled their all-star game for March 7th, and AEW wasn't going to move the pay-per-view again, so... Also, we're assuming Shaq, as Jason pointed out in the host thread, (laughs) we're assuming Shaq shows up that night on Dynamite. Right. He has no-showed a couple of wrestling events in his time. So, we'll see. <laughs> I, I don't know about you, man, but I don't... There's nothing about that match that I think is going to be good. Yeah, other other than the fact that Cody will have to look up at Shaq, who's 7'2". So, like, the initial, like intimidation will be great and then after that it's all downhill yep it's gonna suck for sure yeah uh what if 90s icon snoop dog interferes on cody's behalf to cost 90s icon Shaq the match don't give them ideas. Because <laughs> then they can promote a match between Snoop and Shaq. Snoop Shaq, baby Snoop Shaq. Match number four, Eddie Kingston versus the Murderhawk Monster, Lance Archer. Lumberjack match. Oh, no, Lumberjack match. Archer charges the ring and attacks Kingston. Archer throws Eddie to the outside, but Eddie freaks out and immediately gets back in the ring. He's like, ah! Then the Butcher and the Blade grab Archer's leg to trip him and pull him to the outside. The heels attack Archer, but Archer fights them off, including lifting up pretty Peter Avalon and choking him against the ring post. That was fine. My problem comes next when Archer lets him go, charges the ring post, and then is very surprised when Avalon moves. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what he was going in for either. Was he going in for like a running headbutt? <laughs> to the ring post, yeah. Uh, the heels should kick Archer and throw him back in. Then Kingston gets thrown out and Billy Gunn immediately throws him back in. Kingston takes exception to this and goes back outside and incites a pier six ball. See, 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 you say Kingston takes exception. I wrote, 
Back in the ring, Lance chucks Eddie, and Billy just throws him right back in because that's not the spot. Eddie goes right back out and attacks Bob Ziggler. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Uh, Archer puts an end to this with an over-the-top rope plancher to the outside on top of everyone. After more brawling, we go to box. Archer gets thrown to the outside, and we get more lumberjack stuff back in the ring. And Arch- this was weird. We come back, we see Eddie chop Archer. Archer tells Kingston something. Kingston chucks him to the floor. He gets on all fours on the floor and completely no sells any offense from the lumberjacks. That's just true. Uh, yeah, you know, just go back in the ring. No sells it, gets back in the ring, and then he hits a full Nelson slam, and he starts to fire up. Archer goes on a tear until Allie jumps in the ring. Uh, who? Bunny jumps in the ring on the back of yep. Archer. Shivani immediately reminds us that it's a no DQ match, to which I wrote, does it fucking matter? <laughs> it's not like anybody would have disqualified Eddie uh, because Bunny jumped on Archer's back anyway. Not anybody in AEW, that's for damn sure. Uh, Archer lifts Bunny up and sets her up for the blackout. However, before he can deliver the move, Kingston Kingston hits him with the spinning back fist. Now, more awkwardness. Because Kingston waited a long goddamn time. Right. So here's a problem, like a really big problem. Kingston waits a long time to hit the spinning back fist. Archer gets hit with the spinning back fist, does not get knocked out, immediately goes down to his knees. Then he gets up, then he falls. JR uh, wonders aloud if it was a loaded spinning back fist. Was it supposed to be? Were we supposed to think it was? Was Archer supposed to lay flat on his back? Or was he supposed to flare around like a fish out of water? No, I think that that was just a reference to last week. Okay. When, when she gave him the knuckle duster. Yeah. <laughs> Still sounds like a sex thing. Yes, it does. But yeah, that was it, in the the second half of this match just got really fucking awkward. Yeah, this was weird. Um, Archer rolls to the outside before Kingston can go for the pin. Archer happens to roll to the face side so they protect him while he recovers, meaning they stand around and they make a circle. Uh, Eddie motions to someone to get him. And the camera shot switches, we do a jump cut, and we hear someone hit the floor, and I guess that someone is in Helico, and I also guess Jake Roberts decked him, but by the time we cut, all we saw was bodies on the floor. I wrote, Jake Roberts falls over trying to punch in Helico, who he then pats on the back, full view of the camera. Good work, kiddo. So that's what happened? Jake fell? So it wasn't that the camera missed the the, the strike? I think so. I have no idea. (laughs) But that's what I wrote, because that's what it seemed most likely to me. Fuck's sake. Jake tried something and just fell over. For fuck's sake. And and then patted Angelico on the back like, oh, my bad. Back in the ring now, and Archer tries to mount a comeback, but gets clocked in the head coming off the ropes by the Butcher. Eddie hits an exploder suplex for a one count. Okay. 
Eddie tells the Blade to get a table and then tosses Remsburg in the face of Billy Gunn. That was weird. I know it's no yeah, DQ. For more awkwardness. But he grabs Remsburg and is like, go talk to Billy. And I'm like, someone's missing their fucking spots. Yeah, more awkwardness. So then Blade can set up a table in the corner. So Bear Bronson can spear Blade through said table. So then the Butcher can come in and hit a running crossbody on Bear Bronson. So Bear Boulder can then take out Butcher with a clothesline. So expect that match soon. I love Bear Country. Yep. Whoever booked this shit at the end did a terrible fucking job. <laughs> this is the most convoluted fucking nonsense I've ever seen in my life. Yep. I'm looking at you, Jerry Lynn. Kingston Penelope's hits a... dad? <laughs> Jerry Lynn Ford. Uh... Penelope Lynn Ford, thank you. Archer hits a ripcord Uranagi for a near fall. Eddie goes for another spinning back fist, but Archer blocks it, which seemed pretty easy. Eddie hits a clothesline, but Archer does not go down. Kingston goes up to the second rope, but this turns into Archer hitting Eddie with the blackout for the win. Lance Archer with the blackout in the observatory for the win. Yay. What'd you think? Oof. Big oof. I liked the energy these two brought, but this was a fucking total disaster. It, it, it yeah, it got something, just something fucked up and just made like a whole just chain, domino effect chain of fuck ups for the rest of the match like this was this was rough i think i think half. to be fair i think bear country and butcher and blade hit their spots yeah but billy gunn fucked shit up jake roberts fucked shit up presumably fucked shit up oh, fuck him um presumably um pretty peter avalon fucked shit up I don't know, man. It was, it was a mess. Yep. Again, if this gives us Beer Country versus Butcher and Blade, I'm kind of cool with that. But this should be the end of Archer and Kingston. I don't need to see this anymore. Fingers crossed. We're done here. So <laughs> then we go to a pre-tape from FTR. <sighs> Cash bitches that Jungle Boy tattled on them. Tully says everyone in AEW is against them. Okay, Taz, settle down. Dax says there aren't bad men, but sometimes they do what bad men do. Apparently, bad what bad, bad men do bad looks, is bad looks, men kidnap little children. <laughs> and these bad men have kidnapped Marco Stunt. I thought they said they were bad. They did. They just kidnapped a little child. Yeah, but it's Marco, so who gives a shit? <laughs> He's duct taped to an office chair, and we go to commercial. Who was it? Was it Jason or Troy in the host? It was like, oh, they made Marco their sex slave. <laughs> uh, no, you know what? Marco's lucky as fuck that he got kidnapped by FTR. Cause He's they'll chained just... to a rolling office chair. With duct tape on his mouth. It's a good thing he got duct tape. He got kidnapped by FTR. Can you imagine what would happen to Marco if he got kidnapped by the Good Brothers? 
Get another thing like that uh, photo that was going around uh, a few months ago. I was thinking more like that scene from Deliverance. Anyway. After, anyway. after the break, Joey Janela, number one contender to the TNT title. <laughs> Somehow. Tries to convince us he deserves a TNT title match based on how much Darby and him have kicked the shit out of each other in the past. Didn't convince me. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that was your segment, because I completely missed that. Back to the desk, so they can remind us that Darby versus Janela next week, so Darby can pad his title defense stats. Jericho and MJF versus the Acclaimed, so Sammy can cost MJF the match, and Cody and Lee Johnson versus the team of Peter Avalon and Cesar Bernoni. So Cody can look like a moron when Jade beats up Red Velvet during the match backstage. Calling it now. <laughs> then it's time for our main event. Here come Kenny and the Good Brothers. Kenny gets the wimpiest fucking pyro I have ever seen. What the fuck? I understand you're pushing time, but like Kenny should have got his own entrance. I'm just saying. Piff. Piff, 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 sparkle, sparkle, piff, meh. Then we go back to break. When we return, Don Callis is on commentary. Fabulous. And we get the entrance of Pack and Phoenix, who just so happen to enter through Moxley's favorite door. That is, of course, because here comes Moxley. They fist and head for the ring. Ah, Omega's- see? I had that here, too. They fisted, so we good. <laughs> Omega's mullet, by the way. Fabulous this evening. Uh, Moxley looks like he's wrestling in sweatpants. <laughs> Pack starts with Anderson. They slug it out back and forth, showing off their quickness and agility. Then Anderson tags in Gallows. Mox wants Gallows, so Pack tags in, Pack tags in Mox. Uh, they powerhouse each other. Mox gets a knee to the head, but gets a one. Uh, Anderson back in. Mox drives him across, and Phoenix tags in. Phoenix takes the wrist and tags Pack. A pair of standing moonsaults gets a two. Uh, Pack goes up, but Omega grabs him, and Gallows kicks him and throws him into the ring. Uh, Omega in, he hits some strikes in the corner, tags Gallows, Gallows throws Pack into the corner and tags Anderson, Anderson punches Pack and tags Omega. Rebound, snap German by Pack, thing of beauty, and Pack tags Mox, Omega tags Anderson, Mox cleans Anderson's clock. Uh, release suplex, gets a two for Mox, then he takes out Gallows, he tosses Anderson to the floor and dives on both brothers. Omega tries to interfere, but Mox throws him into the barricade and we go to box. When we come back, Mox is with Gallows. He, he almost gets a figure four, but it's broken up. Brothers want a magic killer, but Mox fights out. He low bridges Gallows and avoids Anderson in the corner. He gets the hot tag to Phoenix as Anderson tags Omega. Gallows comes in and Phoenix takes him out. Anderson in. Phoenix gets such height on the springboard that the passing breeze as he hits the mat sends Anderson down. Uh-huh. Completely missed the headbutt. Tell him. He ne- uh, that move uh, is terrible because that move never <laughs> connects. Pack hits Omega with a big shotgun dropkick, then he and Phoenix hit stereo moonsaults on Anderson and Gallows on the outside. Uh, acrobatics into a cutter on Omega, gets a two for Phoenix. Phoenix takes the hand and does the jumps, but Omega kicks the ropes and then snap dragons Phoenix off the ropes right onto his head. Pack gets the blind tag, takes Gallows' legs out from under him. Quick leg drop gets a one. Gallows then drops Pack and tags out. They triple team Pack, but the pin is broken up immediately by Mox. Huge gut wrench powerbomb gets a two on Pack. Trigger number one against the ropes. Pack fights out of the Angels, sends Omega into the corner. The champ gets triple teamed in the high angle. German from Pack gets two, even though Aubrey definitely counted three. 
Mox locks on a sleeper hold, but breaks it to knock Anderson off the apron. Then a slugfest. Mox wins with a massive clothesline, and everyone beats up everyone. Phoenix again dives himself onto the barricade as Omega shifts Moxley's paradigm, but Pack breaks the count with a 450. Ouch. Uh, Kenny tags Anderson. Anderson gets cuttered by Moxley. Phoenix comes in with a moonsault for two. He then does acrobatics into a spine buster. Magic killer on Phoenix. Omega prevents Pack from coming in, and the club win. <sighs> Shitty magic killer, by the way. Carl Anderson was <laughs> out of position. Also, um, I'm sad that you missed this. At one point, they had Phoenix in their corner, and Kenny uh, shoved his foot into his ribs and then did, like, the Nakamura, like the good vibrations. Oh, oh, I was like, what's up with that? What is the heat? I think you're just doing it to fuck around. Um, yeah, so this match was a lot. Although, I will say I was impressed that Carl Anderson could go move for move with Phoenix. That was pretty cool. This match was much like chaos. Yeah, a lot of chaos. Um, probably the best match the Good Brothers have been involved in since coming uh, over to yeah. AEW. Um, but more for Pac, Kenny, and Phoenix, not necessarily for John Moxley and the Good Brothers. Again, Carl Anderson looked fine. Uh, Luke Gallows, you know bigged about but that's about it <laughs> some of the chain at the end i thought was nice um with the moves with kenny and going back and forth and shit like that but what happened after the match yeah they beat the hell out of phoenix they beat up moxley then archer runs out to make the save he clears the ring by himself leaving moxley alone with omega uh, Moxley is then blindsided by a masked individual in a hoodie he removes his mask and hoodie and it's kenta and his lavender hair he nails a go to sleep. Commentary mentions the briefcase that gives Kenta a shot at Moxley's U.S. title. You know, just in case, you know, you at home were unaware of this. Uh, Omega stands over Moxley. They play his music and we go off the air. So, there's a little bit to unpack, unpack here. First of all, Lance Archer. All right. Lance Archer coming out during the main event. Gotta love that. Does this lead to Lance Archer versus Kenny at some point? Not even the idea. Even that makes more sense than Joey Janela getting a TNT title shot. <laughs> um, well, Lance Archer's probably in the top five at least. Right. So that's that's kind of something, you know, to we'll put a pin in it and see where that goes down the road. Um, and then Kenta. So. Kenta, it was very interesting because a few days ago, perhaps a week, something like that, in between the last taping and this taping, Moxley went to Japan. He is the NJ, NJPW, or actually they call it the IWGP, United States Heavyweight Champion. He went over there and he attacked Kenta and he fucked his shit up. So now Kenta comes here and returns the favor, uh -huh. which is perfect. However, we also have this underlining feud between uh, we also have this underlining feud between essentially the elite and the original Bullet Club on Twitter, on BTE, and whatnot. And Kenta, I don't know if he still is by his shirt. I would think that he is part of the Bullet Club. 
And he basically avoided eye contact with Kenny, which is fine because, again, his beef is with Mox. But that opens the door to Bullet Club versus Bullet Club at some point, which I'm sure they're going to do. And obviously, on a larger scale, this opens the door to the working relationship between New Japan and AEW, which has been rumored for, like, fucking months. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, lest we forget Kenny that one time when he came out dressed as um, Papyrus from Undertale. He had that New Japan logo in his video. Yeah, right. So... I'm excited if they do have a working relationship with New Japan. Sure. Fuck, ROH did that for years, and it was really beneficial, because I actually got to see New Japan people. Um, are you surprised that Kenta showed up? It was a nice surprise. Okay. Did you know who it was? Yes, I know who Hideo Itami is. <laughs> Did you know that Mox had showed up and done the same thing to Kenta a week before? No. Okay. That I That's why I, was, I informed you earlier today. But uh, And the briefcase. Yeah, I guess. I, I didn't know. Honestly, I didn't know about that until Excalibur. Sure. Brief, so. Sure. Briefcase. Sure. Absolutely sure. briefcase. I mean, I know he was fighting with him for the U.S. title. I didn't know anything about a briefcase, but whatever. 100% briefcase. Okay. All briefcase all the time. To his credit... Give the devil his due. When Tony Khan said a few months ago, or a couple months ago, that there would be some surprises in store. I mean, say what you want and have your opinions about those surprises, but he was telling the truth. Yeah. Sting, New Japan, Good Brothers, Impact. Like, he has delivered on things that we... Didn't expect. <laughs> now, whether or not they're good surprises is up for debate. <laughs> right, exactly. There are surprises. I mean, Jillian Hall was a surprise in the Royal Rumble this year. It still counts as a surprise. <laughs> and don't say I spoiled that for you, because you don't give a fuck about Jillian Hall. Are you ribbing me right now? No, dude, Jillian Hall. And then she teamed up with Billy Kay, and they were Billy and Jilly. Did she sing? briefly uh, very briefly it was like while she was making her way to the ring again that was a surprise <laughs> again say what you want about the quality of the surprises but to that I will say Tony Khan has delivered now this episode of Dynamite this beach break episode which by the way really didn't have any fucking thing to do with a beach. <laughs> not even But close. there were decorations. Not really. Not compared to fucking um, Bash at the Beach last year, or whatever the fuck they called it. So. Well, COVID, they couldn't get the girls in the <sighs> lounge chairs and the lifeguard thing. So what'd you think overall of this episode? <sighs> this, uh, I have I have said in the past how m- most episodes of Dynamite I will be watching the episode of Dynamite I'll be taking notes on the episode of Dynamite and holy fuck it's the main event already this episode of Dynamite was the longest episode of Dynamite ever. interesting this 
this dragged for me. And I mean, like we said, the the in ring content was was pretty good overall. Like I said, except for the finish, the uh, the Britt Baker Thunder Rosa match was was good. Uh, Hangman Hardy versus Chaos Project, who gives a flying fuck, but uh, I mean, overall, it was it was okay from an in ring perspective, but as as a whole, this something was missing. Tonight, last night, it, this dragged like hell for me. So, I had a, a similar take. Now, to be fair, I watched Dynamite in portions. Astro says Sting was a letdown. <laughs> I watched. You know, he always is. Um, Snow, Sting, leave. I watched Dynamite in portions, so that might kind of, you know, affect my my overall opinion on it. Because the first portion I watched was the Tag Team Battle Royal right to the end of the women's match. And I thought that was pretty good. The Tag Team Battle Royal was what it was. Um, But it was a lot of, you know, action, a lot of shit back and forth. And then I enjoyed the Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa match. I thought, like I said, best women's match I've seen on AEW, if not ever, in definitely a long time. Now... I stopped watching at that point. I picked it up later, and we are at the fucking Hangman Matt Hardy bullshit. <laughs> that was terrible. Like, who give that? That's when my enjoyment of this episode kind of like stopped, because I was like, who gives a fuck about Matt Hardy and Chaos Project, and why do they keep doing absolutely? Anything but anything important with Hangman Page. Like, anything. Like, if Hangman Page, like, came out for a one-off match with Jurassic Express, I wouldn't be surprised. Because that's how random it is when they use him. Um, yeah, and it didn't... This, it, the backstory for that match didn't make any fucking sense. No. Nope. Like, why the fuck would Matt Hardy give a shit about Negative One's birthday? And what what does it do for Matt Hardy to get the pinfall in this match? Like, he tagged himself in and he got the pin. He was like, woo, I did it. You did what? You beat Luther? That's his his thing, because he did that to Private Party once, too. But who cares? It's not against a good team. It's against fucking Luther in Serpentigo. Um... The fucking wedding was a wedding. It's what every single fucking wrestling wedding is like. So for a company that doesn't, you know, they, they do new shit, they don't fucking just copy old shit, this was Wrestling 101. Also, who cares? Because it was just Cassidy and, and Chuck. I appreciated the addition of Father James Mitchell. Yes. Probably the best part of the whole thing. K-fabing above all others. <laughs> um, the fact that the people who, like, you know, the thing with Wrestling Weddings, well, who's going to come and interrupt it? The fact that the faces in this were... Charles and Cassidy. Who cares? Like, maybe they had bigger plans before Trent got hurt, but also, you're telling me that you were going to have this wedding and the big deal was going to be the best friends get one over on on Kip and Miro, but they already said they were going to do that months ago, so... It wasn't like it was a surprise. 
Chuck the Butler was a letdown. Oh, 100%. Aren't we done with that, too? Wasn't it supposed to be 30 yeah. days? That was just until the wedding. <clears throat> it was the two weeks, literally two weeks. What like, a waste could, of you time. Could, you could absolutely tell that that was 100%. Well, Trent's out. we got to think of something for Chuck to do until the wedding. Yep. Uh, Butler. And it was blatant, like you said. It was Everybody could tell that. They um, didn't do anything with it. Yeah. And then nothing. I started to get hype again for this episode of Dynamite when, when Kingston was fighting Archer. But then, like you said, as the match went on, somewhere in the middle they lost everything. And it just turned into yeah. like, dude, who's booking this shit? Main event, I will say, was hard hitting. Cool surprise to see Kenta. Cool surprise to get that uh, NJPW up in here. So we'll see where that goes. Um, I could do without Don Callis on commentary. It's the same shtick. Who gives a fuck? Yep. Do you yeah. have any news this week? I got a few things. Uh, last month, Jazzwares partner Jeremy Padauer announced the AEW Unrivaled Series 4 action figure lineup. However, the latest lineup received criticism for the lack of women wrestlers. Uh, thus far, the only female talents who've had AEW figure releases are Brandy and Riho. In a series of posts on Twitter, Padauer stated the lack of women's wrestlers in the line so far has been a miss, but explained the company will do better in the future with a new Unmatched series. Uh, tweeting, quote, pairing AEW Unrivaled with Unmatched will give us the opportunity to dive deeper into the roster. The key is balancing main event talent and mid-card talent and up-and-coming talent. Two assortments will help tremendously. So the plan is uh, to alternate this the Unrivaled series, which is the original line that's out now, and this Unmatched series uh, basically month for month. So every month there'll be a new line of figures in in stores. Um, and so apparently that's how they're planning on increasing the number of less, uh, I don't want to say less popular, but less uh, well-known talents in AEW. So every uh, other month we get new Cody and Bucks figures is what you're saying. Basically. Okay. Uh, he added, quote, we will absolutely celebrate the incredible roster of women in AEW. It's been a miss. No excuses. With unimaginable arrival, we will do better. Uh, the timeline of developing a line of action figures is approximately nine months from concept to shelf. That includes all approvals. If you ever wondered why it takes time to address things from avails to factory changes to talent in a roster, newbies and champions. Uh, additionally, Padauer shared more figure sculpt reveals for Series 5, uh, which features Moxley, Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy, Hangman Page, Scorpio Sky, and Kazarian. Okay. And there's your action figure update so a couple things about that when and i get it i i personally felt that that this was that it takes a long time to get from you know concept to on the shelves which is why the first series was a lot of guys you know in in rio that you saw when aw first launched like those were the people they were pushing back at all out, like the first all Rio out. Rio was not Series 1, dude. She wasn't? No, Brandy was Series 1. Oh. Rio was like Series 3. Jesus Christ. Okay. Well, my point was that, like, I got, like, the first people who got released in, like, Series 1, I was like, okay, I get it. Makes sense. Because they probably had that in the pipeline since the inception of AEW. But the fact that they admit... Like, oh, we missed on the women's wrestling or the women's wrestlers. That means that 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 shows us how you value women's wrestling. Because don't give me that fucking line that, like, 
oh, you know, it takes a lot of time and people come and go and pushes and all that. No, no, no. Britt Baker was somebody that you put at the forefront of your women's division for since the beginning. So shouldn't you have yeah, had a figure for her? The it takes a lot of time just says, oh, we we didn't think there'd be interest in women's figures and. Now that we know that there are, now that we know that there is interest in having women's figures, it, it's going to take about nine months, at least, to to get them to you. Let's be honest here. Let's let's call it for what it is. AEW has very little interest in women's wrestling, mm-hmm. and everything they do involving women's wrestling feels like um, Mia Copa. Like, oh, we're sorry. Here's a women's she, tournament. Did, did she sign recently? <laughs> <laughs> nice um but you know what i mean it always feels like they're doing like they do women's stuff because they feel bad that everybody's complaining that they don't <laughs> so i hope we see more women's action figures but eh, we'll see yes they're 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 one woman's match a week that is always the throwaway match before the main event so you can get up and take a piss if you have to except for this week Next, Anthony Bowens wrote about his friendship with Casey Navarro on Twitter uh, this week. Navarro had a uh, what's being called a fantastic match with Ray Phoenix on Dark, uh, saying, quote, five years ago I went to Casey Russell's school to speak because kids were bullying him about becoming a wrestler. Fast forward, and I just watched him tear it up with Ray Phoenix on AEW Dark to say I'm proud would be an understatement. However, Casey, you'll never be better than the acclaimed, unquote. I just thought that was a nice feel-good little, little heart warmer to, to, to throw in there. It, it is, and I did not catch this match on Dark, but good for this kid, you know. Um, especially to go in there with somebody like Ray Phoenix if he held his own. Good on him. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate to say this because it's well documented, my strong opinions against the acclaim. Mm-hmm. But um, they're, uh, they're not that bad. <laughs> they're starting to grow on me I don't mind them as much as some other teams I'd rather see them any day of the week than fucking Chaos Project Hangman hang, hang, hang Hardy uh, last week's episode of AEW Dynamite featured an angle where the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega attacked Penta uh, leading to Omega giving him an eye injury according to a certain uh, newsletter that was a uh, that was a body double so <laughs> Uh, Penta is currently dealing with visa issues. We'll, that will return once those are fixed. But uh, yeah, that was someone wearing Penta's outfit and not actually Penta. Dude, I mean, AEW has never, ever, ever put <laughs> someone else in Penta's gear. Just that's just not something they do. I don't believe them. I thought you were saying they would never ever use a body double or a fake leg. No, do you realize that they've put another person in Penta's gear, like, at least five times at this point? We just saw Matt Hardy do it on BTE, like, two weeks ago. I remember Jericho. Yes, Jericho, at least AEW wasn't a thing yet, because they did it at the All-In pay-per-view, which was associated with ROH, but still, they did it! They still fucking did it. Associated. Loose word. Uh, lastly, another feel good for you. Uh, 
kind of a crossover here. The New Day's tribute to Brody Lee at the Royal Rumble did not go unnoticed by Lee's widow as Amanda Hubert took to social media to comment on their Lee-inspired gear. If you have not seen it, go seek it out. It's very cool. Um, the group wore ring gear honoring their late friend at the Royal Rumble pay-per-view, and he reposted to her Instagram story praising the group, saying, quote, My favorite people. Words can't express the love I have for these three incredible men I'm lucky to call my friends. Just wow. I had no idea they were doing this gear, and I'm in tears. Uh, she also shared a screenshot of Big East tweet uh, saying, quote, the city of Rochester meant a lot to John Food Link New York as a Rochester based nonprofit that's dedicated to feeding those in need in the area. We'll be auctioning off our Royal Rumble gear with all of the proceeds going to Food Link New York. The first piece is live. We'll be putting these up one by one until they're all sold. Uh, once again, all proceeds go to Food Link uh, New York. Those are on eBay. If you want to search for them, I'm sure you can find them. Um, and then said, quote, the men in the New Day are in a whole different league of humans. The kindness and thoughtfulness is astounding to me. I'm so beyond lucky to call them my friends. Uh, quote, Biggie is a true gem of a person, and I'll never be able to accurately express my love and gratitude for him, unquote. So. Did you, now, you have seen the gear. I've seen pictures of the gear, yes. Did you see the clip? I have not seen any clips, no. Seek out the clip from the New Day at the Rumble, because they did a backstage before the rumbles, you know, before the men's rumble started, um, briefly kind of explaining the gear, but not not going into too much, but like putting it on notice, like, hey, we did this, and um, you know, Kofi showed back up, which was a nice surprise because he's been off TV because he's been hurt, and um, yeah, just it was so cool, it was so cool of them, because you know they didn't have to, but they they wanted to, and yeah, I Super thought cool. that was really cool. Very cool. Have you listened to their to their episode, the episode of their podcast? Not yet. Uh, where they sit down with uh, was it Breeze? Yeah, it was Tyler Breeze, Breeze and Eric Redbeard, and uh, and just share stories, stories. and memories. It was I haven't great, yet, fan, but I fabulous will. tribute, fabulous tribute. Uh, that wraps up week sixty-eight of the AEW rundown. Do you know what next week is? So you know what next week is. You know what? Sixty-nine up top, my brother. Up. Oh, you you stole my line, <laughs> which I stole from somebody else. So there you go. Right. Um. But yeah, that wraps up week sixty-eight. As always, be safe, stay kind, be sane. I screwed those up, but I don't care. It's close enough. Stay kind still works. Be kind. Just be a decent human being. Follow your protocols. Wear your masks. Be good to one another. Speaking of being good to one another, I would just like to take this time to mention that um, people, podcast lovers, wrestling fans, guys, these promoters are billionaires, especially the ones that most people watch. Okay, Vince McMahon, Tony Khan. They don't give a shit about you guys arguing on Reddit. They're literally laughing all the way to the bank. So, I don't take, think Vince is a billionaire. Well, whatever. Guys, take it easy. Take a breath. We're all just, it's just, we're watching wrestling. We enjoy where it's, but, and you can talk about it, but to get to the point where you're so aggravated that you're going to, like, rip your head off, dude, don't, it's fucking wrestling. Chillax. Take it down a notch, bro. And thank you for listening to the AEW Rundown. Right
Bye. for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You have been listening to a Rundown Wrestling Network production. Please visit rundownwrestling.com for all of our shows, as well as our other special events. Keep it locked there, or subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Network on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher Premium, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Leave us a voice message that we will play on an episode by going to anchor.fm slash rundownwrestling slash message. Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. You can show us how much you love us by buying us a cup of coffee for just one buck at ko-fi.com slash rundownwrestling. Go to reddit.com slash r slash rundownwrestling. Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Network. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. Email the show your dick pics and twat shots via rundownwrestling at gmail.com or go to Instagram or YouTube and look for Rundown Wrestling. Follow us on Twitch by going to twitch.tv slash rundownwrestling, and you can also follow our host Adam on twitch.tv slash the saleser effect. This has been a Rundown Wrestling Network production. <laughs>